Peace and blessings. Welcome to Holy Algorithm. I am Jarain, aka Reverain, aka. <laughs> yeah, I was listening back and I was like, what's up with the AK and then the rhyming? I suppose I'm a hip hop artist all the time, right? Rhyming and, 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 and ain't even trying to rhyme. Anyway, um, welcome to today's conversation. I am chilling in the lounge. Lights on a very low vibe, incense burning, candles going. Um, Because, you know, I had to get my mind right because this conversation is a challenging one for me because much of who I am is, you know, grounded in this idea that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and... I mean, real talk, I studied social construction for years. And so what that means is I know we make everything up. None of this is really real. It's our perception. It's our belief system. It's how we move in the world. So to have a conversation, which is tentatively, I need to just stop saying tentatively, right? Because it always becomes what I say in the podcast, but tentatively, uh, titled Toxic Masculinity, Relearning Maleness, I was like, Spirit, why you got me going here? And I think a lot of it has to do with um, some of the conversations that I've been hearing about mass shooters in America, right, and abroad. You know, why is it usually, if not always, some young privileged male that is you know taking it upon himself to write the injustices that he perceives by um creating a mass shooting and so you know i've been listening to folks and folks have been asking me my thought and i was like I don't know, toxic masculinity. And, you know, people shake their head, yes, but what does that mean? And so I'm going to do my best to have this conversation in one podcast, but if it doesn't feel like it gets addressed, then, you know, there'll be a follow-up. But, you know, the first thing that I was thinking about was my experience with males. And to be honest with you, you know, I thought about you know, being in college and this this memory came up about this brother that I had met who was powerful and conscious, woke, liberated, political. And I remember being a freshman new on campus and the brother was like, yo, I'm having a party tonight. You should come through. And I was like, word, really? You know, because I'm thinking freshman, ain't nobody going to love me. <laughs> So, yeah, he was like, get to my space around seven. And I was like, cool. And I get to the place at seven and no one is there but me. And he was like, oh, you know, um, I'm sorry. I forgot it was actually 730. But come on in, hang out. You can help me, you know, get everything together. And so I guess I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that it didn't look like there was about to be a party. But anyway, bruh gave me um, something to drink. And about 10 minutes later, I got really hazy, groggy. And I realized that he had slipped something into my drink. And I don't really know what I said 
but I think I said something like, you know, you're a leader in our community. People trust you. Um, you can't do this to me. Um, you're better than this. And I said everything that I knew what to say to not get sexually assaulted that night. But I thought about him and I thought about all of these other young men who um, somehow lose a sense of goodness and their humanity. And I was like, well, what happens to brothers, right? Because I don't want to have a conversation that makes it, you know, uh, women right, males and men wrong, right? It's like, it's not about that. But I'm like, if we all come out of the womb, um, what's that word? Tabula rasa, blank slate, right? What happens to us in our development that some of us look at the world in one way and some of us look at the world in another way? And why is there something very similar amongst menfolk? And so, um, you know, I was thinking about how we raise our boys, right? Versus how we raise our girls. And I think probably one of the most problematic things that I've seen is when little boys hurt themselves, they're told not to cry, right? Don't cry. And there's this idea that we plant into them that men don't feel, men don't um, connect with their emotions. Men don't show tenderness, or if a man shows tenderness, it's somehow um, a weakness, something off, right? And so, you know, I think that's one of the things that creates men who root themselves in a toxic masculinity. I think the other thing that I think about is you know, there's a constant programming that everybody's going through, but how are we programming our men children, right? When I think about these toys of violence, right? Shoot them up, kill them, bang them, right? And here's the thing, I am not a male person, so I don't know if there's a level of testosterone that needs to be moved in a particular way, but I think that there probably are some healthier ways. Um, when I look at uh, the men folk that I know that take karate or judo or one of the martial arts, they seem to be a little bit more balanced than, you know, men who just break stuff up. So I think the toys of violence uh, is doing something to our uh, men folk, especially if they don't have a balance, right? Because what I don't want to do is do this whole thing like, oh, violent video games are making men toxic. Um, I know a lot of healthy, vulnerable, intimate guys who play video games, but I think that there is a level of balance that they have. Um, and I think that kind of leads to this last thing that I was thinking about, which is if we focus on um, masculinity and manhood versus humanity, that creates a sort of um, distortion in, in the human, right? So I think the first thing that we have to do is, you know, ask ourselves and, and listen, and by no means am I going to be trying to answer the question about how to heal toxic masculinity, but I would like to bring up some things to consider. So the first thing that I would ask um, both men and women, how are we defining masculinity? 
Because I think many of us go to what we've heard, what we've seen in the media, uh, what the world tells us. And I think just like humanity is embodied by experience, you know, um, just because you're born in a male body doesn't mean that you have to live into what everyone else has said. This is your masculinity, right? So just like you are looking to create and experience your human journey, I think um, you have to look to how to create your masculinity journey. Um, Because a lot of what men are taught is that masculinity um, has to be aggressive. And so the, the idea that aggression equals masculinity may not be that healthy because if you are passive or if you are gentle or if you are receptive, you then begin to doubt your masculinity. I think the other thing too is that there is some insane level of courage that men are supposed to have that I think is probably not very healthy for them um, because it's a false conversation. Um, No one is a superhero. And if you believe that um, you're expected to be a certain type of courage, that may um, wound you. Uh, Physical strength and health, right? is a prerequisite. So if you are a gentle, fragile um, human that happens to be male and you don't embody that ability to play basketball or play football or run over people, you begin to doubt your identity. I also think from an emotional perspective, there is um, something very toxic about the level of self-control and emotional reserve that men are supposed to have. And so if in the depth of your mind, you feel out of control, you then question your identity. If you are not um, dealing with your emotions in a particular way, you also question yourself. Um, The other thing that I was thinking is there's this expectation that a healthy man is is competent and rational. And so if you don't feel um, that you have levels of control and you don't um, know why your mind goes in certain ways or you've experienced trauma or um, you just look at life in a way that is not that, you know, you start saying, am I really man enough? And then I think there's just something very much about, of course, you know, the dog's got to do it. Hey, (laughs) sorry. Um, I think that there's also something in our culture that says, um, especially men, but all humans are supposed to be independent, autonomous, self-reliant, you know, living in this individuality, right? And I think, um, who knows if that is really real because so many other cultures say, no, we are really interdependent, not independent. We are more community um, oriented. We are more uh, collective. We are more um, about moving together. And so if that is in your heart and your spirit, but the world is telling you something else, that could cause a little bit of 
um, cognitive dissonance, you know, and a whole bunch of other psychological words that say, yo, something just don't feel right. And so um, I think what that does is it creates a confusion about how I really am, who I really am, and what the world expects of me, right? And I think that sort of um, struggle, that um, emotional imbalance, when that bumps up against all of the hate talk in the world and um, when you as a male person feel rejected because, you know, in your mind, you weren't strong enough or sexy enough or powerful enough or competent enough, you know, you you internalize that. And because you don't have the emotional intelligence and stability to deal with that, it throws you off, right? And so, you know, testosterone is a serious, <laughs> serious thing. So I think when I think about how does toxic masculinity take shape, I think it's very difficult for males to um, move around in this world with the false consciousness that they're handed, right? So we live in a world that is very binary, right? Everything is black and white, male, female, up, down. And so there's a story about masculinity right and so masculinity is um superior and women are inferior and there's this um power and subordination that you are supposed to move around the world from and i think it just makes people mad like it makes men especially mad But I think women buy into it as well. I mean, I hear women um, say certain things with their expectations. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you do know that you're creating something toxic, right? So when you expect a man to be with you a certain way and to move in the world a certain way and control uh, the environment in a certain way and handle business in a certain way, and um, hold their feelings down in a certain way, you are in essence validating the toxic behavior, you know? Um, And so even in the heterosexual context, um, you know, your man can't turn to you to learn to embrace his feminine side or, the gentleness within himself or the vulnerability. And so whether men are living um, same gender loving or heterosexual, there has to be a space where they can um, nurture the feminine parts of themselves, the, the nurturer in themselves, the gentleness in themselves. And that can only happen if there's space for um, intimacy. And as I said earlier, uh, interdependence. And so the other thing too, um, this is my spirit is going there. I think one of the things that makes it very difficult for male persons is this illusion that God is male, right? Um, I think it has this unconscious 
um, energy that, you know, well, you know, I got to be like God. Uh, and I think if we're honest and, and we look at the history of humans' interaction with spirituality, what we know is that, you know, the divine, the sacred was seen as both masculine and feminine. And so if we saw the creator, uh, the most high as embodying masculine and feminine energies, and we chose to mirror that, we would allow ourselves to be in balance um, or be more balanced in a particular way. Because I think what happens is there's this uh, unspoken conversation that uh, God and thinking are masculine and rational, uh, which is better than being uh, emotional and feminine. So for me, that's probably one of the reasons that we uh, forgot about the feminine divine, right? Because what that does is put us face to face with the emotional parts of ourselves that, um, you know, we don't always like to be in touch with. And I think the other thing too, that my spirit is saying is that, you know, this toxic masculinity is, is not just embodied by male persons. You know, I think about, um, what our culture holds as being better and best. And so there are many, many, um, women who embody toxic masculinity. We have this thought that if we are um, aggressive or if we are, um, you know, thorough with it or we handle in our business, right? We are embracing this masculine um, part of ourselves. But the truth is for us to really be in touch and to really affirm our wholeness, we need to nurture and embrace the masculine and the feminine and the positive parts of that. Um, because, you know, in a binary culture, you know, there's going to be negative and positive on both sides, right? So there's some growing edges for the feminine and there's some growing edges for the masculine. Um, and we want balance. And so I think if I was to close out with some suggestions, um, we need to be a little bit more fluid in our culture and not think of things so binary opposite, right? So left, right, male, female, up, down. The truth is we kind of move uh, across a spectrum and, um, you know, there's not just one kind of masculinity. There's not just one kind of femininity. It's sort of like a scale. And if we could move across the scale and sort of embody what is needed at the time, what we would find is that, you know, you might meet a, a male person who had like, you know, 12 different ways of being masculine um, and all of them unique and, um, you know, rooted in his own experience. And I think what that would allow for is the attraction uh, to certain energies, right? The energy of unity, um, the the energy of diversity, the the energy of embodiment. And so we would look at identity uh, more fluidly and we would allow for differences in masculinity 
Because right now we have an expectation that, you know, if you holding down your manhood, it looks like this in this particular culture. And so, you know, masculinity, especially toxic masculinity, looks very cookie cutter, like everything looks the same. Um, And I think that sort of robs us of our unique, sacred expression. And um, I guess lastly, it's about looking at how we embody presence because presence is uh, so beautifully creative. And so if every male person was taught that you can embody your maleness in whatever works for you and you can include femininity and you can include gentleness and you can include vulnerability and you can include strength in a myriad of ways, um, you know, I think all of us would begin to say, oh, I get to be me how I'm me. Um, Yeah, because right now (laughs) brothers ain't allowed to nurture a balanced form of themselves, which is the combination of um, masculine and feminine and whatever goes along that spectrum and really are not given the opportunity to nurture um, their interdependence, intimacy, vulnerability without being seen as weak and soft and whatever those crazy words we use. So um, to the brothers, you know, maybe you need to relearn what maleness is um, from your own individual perspective. Uh, You definitely need to surround yourself with people who don't have the expectation that um, you fall into the stereotype of what it means to be a man. And you may have to ask yourself, like, what did I learn about maleness? What did I learn about manhood and will I be courageous enough to redefine that for myself anyway thank you for tuning into holy algorithm I'm gonna cut this off before the dogs begin to lose their mind uh want to give a shout out to all of the people who continue to tune in and repost and tell a friend to tell a friend uh really really appreciate you and um I will be with you sooner than later peace and blessings